All the latest business news from WA, delivered daily. At close of business, news briefing. Good afternoon, it's Jacinta Burton with your Thursday afternoon headlines. An entity led by socialite and businesswoman Natasha Marshall-Donnelly is suing the boss of the turf business she bought. Over allegations, he siphoned funds and misrepresented the financials. According to a writ lodged in the Supreme Court this week, pro-founder Turfmaster, which is spearheaded by the wife of former AFL footballer Andrew Donnelly, is chasing damages from Turfmaster director Brett William Johnson. Pro-founder claimed the allegations date back to October of 2020 when the company entered into a business sale agreement to acquire Turfmaster facility management. Prior to the sale, ProFounder claims in the writ that Mr Johnson misrepresented various matters affecting its financial position, including the amount of outstanding employee entitlements, the value of its assets and the existence of ongoing business contracts. Further, ProFounder claims Mr Johnson said Turfmaster had requisite funds to make a payment to its new owner when in fact it did not. ProFounder claims Mr Johnson's behaviour amounted to misleading and deceptive conduct and that he improperly used his position to gain advantage for himself in contravention of Australian consumer law. Now ProFounder wants damages and is demanding Mr Johnson foot the bill for any legal action that ensues. And in mining news, Goldplay Waluna Mining has appointed administrators after months of growing pressure. FTI Consulting's Michael Ryan, Catherine Warwick, Daniel Woodhouse and Ian Francis have taken charge of the company, according to an ASX release this morning. Waluna's market capitalisation was $74 million before trading was halted, while data and insights shows the business produced 40,000 ounces of gold in the 12 months to March. Shares had changed hands at more than one dollar a piece earlier this year, but were down about 80% since then. In May, Business News revealed that Waluna, formerly Blackham Resources, was working on a capital raising in the hopes of saving the business. But the company fell about $20 million short of an $84 million funding target. And another showdown looms between Woodside Energy and environmentalists after nearly 600 submissions to appeal the EPA's recommendation to approve Karatha LNG plant to continue running until 2070. The Northwest Shelf Ventures Karatha plant is Australia's oldest liquefied natural gas facility, pumping since the 1980s and with capacity to produce up to 18.5 million tonnes of LNG annually. Business News estimates that LNG exports from the venture earned about seven billion US dollars worth of revenue in 2021. Operator Woodside Energy secured support from the state's Environmental Protection Authority in late June to keep the facility's five LNG trains in use for decades beyond their initial life. The EPA's approval imposed restrictions on the facility, including a net zero target by 2050 and tighter emission rules in the lead up to 2030. But the recommendation for approval and its conditions are set to be reviewed by the state's Office of the Appeals Convener after more than 570 appeals were submitted. That's about three times the next most appealed project so far this year. The Conservation Council of WA has been leading the charge against the life extension approval at the Karatha plant. And coming up next, senior editor Mark Pownell details his profile of Revo Fitness founder Andrew Holder and how his business model is giving him a leg up in the fitness industry. We understand that business relies on being informed. 
That's why Business News is your most reliable source of news, industry insights and business connections. To stay fully informed, we encourage you to subscribe to our emails, flick through our magazine and visit businessnews.com.au for daily news updates. It's the best way to ensure you have the information you need to be future ready. Business News. More news, more insights, more connections. Few people can lay claim to being an entrepreneur and a Sheffield Shield cricketer before the age of 25, but then few people are Andrew Holder. He's the man behind Revo Fitness, a chain of gyms that have become prominent in recent years, if not a leader in market. Senior editor Mark Pownell spoke to him for our latest edition and shone a fascinating light over his approach to business and how he has succeeded where others have failed. And today, Mark was happy enough to provide some insights from that conversation. Mark, thank you for being here. Pleasure, mate. Mark, I gave a bit of an opening spiel there, but for the sake of listeners who perhaps aren't familiar, can you tell us who Andrew is and what was it about Revo's business model that sparked your interest? I guess I noticed uh, Andrew because he was a winner of 40 under 40 and I was familiar with the Revo name as a gym. I didn't realise how big it was. And when I saw he was a winner and I had a look at his business, and I guess that's because it's a very, it's a locality specific business. You only notice a gym in your area. They're not typically very prominent things. So generally speaking, you're going to see a gym in your area and not necessarily notice it's a chain or that there's lots of them. Having said that, you know, we're familiar with some of those franchise gym, you know, jets and things like that. You start to notice them partly through advertising and partly through taking prominent positions. And in learning about Andrew's business, I think he's probably taking more and more prominent positions as he's developed his business. But that that's what intrigued me. And I also thought the number of gyms he had, 15 in this town, that's quite a lot. Where I And, I, you know, I reflected on the history of gyms in this town and that some of those that got to that size then had rather spectacular failures. It's funny that you should mention that because one thing that I found instructive uh, from your article was how gyms have changed since 1980s. And I wasn't alive when health club was a thing, but you make the point that many fitness businesses of that ilk have gone under in the last 45 years. Yeah, and look, it's not a per thing. I don't think it's a... I think it's, it's, it's the way gyms kind of became a big thing. Initially in Perth in the 80s, and the one that comes to mind that everybody knows is Laurie Potter's Health Clubs. And that was a, an entrepreneur, Laurie Potter. He was a well-known entrepreneur in this town. Uh, health clubs were just one of the things he was into. And, you know, he was one of those people who, you know, he was the, the selling point. He was a big fit guy and he was on the radio and all that sort of thing. And they had t- to compete. They went to life memberships. So you bought fairly expensively by in today's terms a life membership which got you access to a club forever there's no more cash once some, you know someone's turning up they're not spending any more money it relies on more and more members and at some point even though a lot of people only join a gym for a year or a few months uh, in this instance it, it crashed down upon itself but he's not the only one and there, there have been some other ones there was others in the 90s um, and I'm cautious to mention it but BC the body club was another one that I remember got in a fair bit of trouble. Uh, My understanding was it ultimately got bought out by somebody else and the name changed. So I don't really know if those gyms carried on or how people, whether the members really lost money or not, but I do remember it was quite a big deal at the time. Andrew's obviously a different type of business person. Uh, Who has he had around him giving him guidance? We didn't talk a lot about who was his, who were his mentors, but he has a, he seemed to have a good network. Uh, He's clearly got some pretty handy family but 
he mentioned sort of by first name a couple of people. And when I dug a bit more into, you know, the asset records of his business, there is George Jalavis, who's quite a well-known entrepreneur in town. He's clearly been a, a seed investor in this or a very early stage investor. And then more recently, uh, a guy named David Patchell Evans, who ha- is a, an overseer, foreign investor who has a big gym group in Canada, if I remember rightly. So he's clearly in more recent times, so he's used local knowledge, family knowledge, and now he's seeking that sort of global knowledge. Pretty smart, I think. Talking specifically now about how Revo operates, you spend a lot of time in your article focusing on how he ran the operation Bootstrap for many years. Uh, More fascinating to me was how he's leaned into technology to bolster the gym's expansion. Technically speaking, those two things are, well, they're not the same thing, but in in his conversation they were because he wasn't wanting to spend money. And I know that normally when we're speaking and talking about technology investments, we are talking about expensive things. Often, often we are. But I think with small companies these days and small businesses, there's a lot of off-the-shelf technology. You don't have to invent it. You don't have to go and spend a million dollars with an IT team creating something. And 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 I think that's where he went early and decided if, a, if, if, some, if he sets his processes upright and gets the machinery to do the job, then he doesn't have to employ people. And I think the, the, main, the, the key example he gave at the beginning was he got his online application software down pat. And that process, the automated part of it, and the signing people up in an automated way was done really well and seamless, he said, which meant that he didn't have to employ people to answer the phones and send out the in- invoices and the receipts and, you know, talk people through it. So that's an example. But he's also gone into technology more recently. And again, you know, how technological is it? They've got a screen when they go in there now in Revo Gym and they run a program and that program, you just hit the button and the program starts. Now, you know, I don't know, does that sound particularly technological? In some ways it's not. It's just using existing technology in a really clever way. What he's doing is taking out the need for people to turn up at a certain time to be in a group, you know, to get group training or one of those workouts. You can do it any time and you can do it at the time that you choose. And I suspect ultimately they're doing it in the gym because they're trying to make it part of a membership, but maybe they can make it outside a gym at some stage. And anyway, he's he's definitely trademarked the, the IP behind all that. I want to touch on this concept of well-being. It's a bit of a nebulous term, but can you tell me how Andrew uses it to make Revo uh, more valuable to its users? You're right. Nebulous is a great word. And it and it's a vogue word, right? It, it's, it's in and, you know, you're seeing it in schools and it's, it's that mental health aspect of life that perhaps has been ignored for a very long time except at the very fringe and which now... Well, you and I have a certain amount of uh, inkling around it, but the younger you are, the more likely you're going to take that into account. All right. So what he's talking about there is being fit is part of your mental well-being, your well-being. It doesn't have to be mental, really, actually. It is your well-being. But being fit and healthy is actually helps you mentally. And I loved his line. He talked about people wanting to be elite. And elite isn't just wanting to play state cricket like he did. Sheffield cricket he wasn't you know well, he didn't play a lot of Sheffield cricket Sheffield Shield cricket but he did and that's a that's quite a step for any person in sport so that is elite but he talks about what, us wanting to be elite in various parts of our lives and including just in our own health so going to the gym shifts from being this sort of I'm there pumping iron to be big or to be top at sport versus I'm going to the gym to be well to be healthier 
and to be at my sharpest so I can do my job better or I can be a better husband or wife or partner. You know, all those things, a better parent. And I think in the discussion we had, that's where he is coming off in terms of well-being. And, you know, I think there is something in that. It's unfortunate that most of us, uh, myself included, have had negative experiences that have put us off joining gyms. And I think that it takes someone like Andrew to come along and make them fair and accessible. Uh, I know listeners always appreciate your insights, Mark, and they can read them in No Bar to Revo's Ambition, which appears in the latest edition or online now. In the meantime, Mark, always a pleasure having you here. Thanks. The latest business news delivered daily. Subscribe and rate the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. For all the latest business news, visit businessnews.com.au.